my husband has always been like, oh, you need to get a studio, you need to hire teachers. But I, I love the flexibility of teaching online. I love teaching yeah. out of my home. I don't have to worry about a lease. I, I, it's a great commute. It's awesome. Um, so I kind of have always thought, no, no, I, I don't ever, I don't want to have a big music studio. It's just not for me. It's so great for so many teachers. And I know, I know quite a few teachers who do it so well, but for me, that wasn't where I wanted to go, but I thought, well, I could do that virtually, maybe, yes. on out school, and that, that I could see, that's kind of more along my vision, I think. Welcome to the Teach Music Online podcast, where we help music teachers thrive. I'm Carly Walton, your host, and on this podcast, we discuss marketing strategies, tech for online teaching, mindset for growth, course creation, and so much more. No matter where you are in your journey, here you'll receive weekly inspiration to boost your studio success. Thanks for joining me. Today's guest, Michelle Miller, is your new inspiration for scaling a music studio teaching group lessons. Michelle teaches online group lessons with a focus on beginner piano students. Some highlights of our interview today include choosing what to charge for group classes, teaching throughout school, selling courses throughout school, and so much more. Michelle is also a certified online music teacher through our membership program and has a lot of tips for running a successful and professional business. Let's dive right into my call with Michelle Miller. Welcome. Why don't you, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our teachers who are listening, who don't know you yet. Tell us, tell us where you're located and kind of the setup you have for your studio as it is right now. Okay. Well, my name is Michelle Miller and I am located in Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. Uh, so kind of north in Canada and today is quite a cool day. <laughs> it feels like fall is here. Um, I have what I call a hybrid studio. So I have a lot of um, online students, but I have in-person students. Um, and in, in addition to that, my in-person students can choose to attend online or in-person week to week as um, they need. So um, I have my studio set up so that um, pretty much, um, Zoom is pretty much almost running, I think every day, um, all day, um, because there's usually someone who will join in um, from home, uh, when, okay. even though they're locally, so yeah. And you teach group classes, I do. mostly. You Do you still do private lesson one-on-one -on -one as well for your more advanced? I do. I do um, some private lesson exactly for uh, my more advanced students. I think uh, though I only have about 10 private students okay. this year and I have about 60 group uh, students. So that's wow. what I'm looking at right now. So group lessons is a way for piano teachers to really increase their income without increasing their time. And really grouping students together, you're having them pay, they're still paying a monthly lesson, a monthly fee, but because they're with other students, your time commitment is only for that time slot every week. And have you found, I'm just so curious because I know teachers hear about group lessons, they might be nervous. We have several TMO members who are launching group lessons this semester, so this year. And I, I would just love to hear from someone who's seasoned with online group classes, what have been some of the benefits for you personally, but also for the students for being in a group? 
Oh, for sure. Uh, well, for me, of course, it it means that I can have a bit more of a work-life balance because I can yeah. condense my teaching hours um, by having them together. Um, for the students, it it they they become quite a little group of friends like it, it even though it's online um they look forward to seeing each other each week seeing me there's definitely that um sense that they they encourage each other i don't want to say there's competition <laughs> there isn't really but i mean they do see that other students are working along you know with them doing the same things that they are there so they don't feel alone um they inspire each other so if, mm-hmm. if one, and i do find if one student is um really you know enjoying a, a piece um, that maybe other students weren't enjoying them seeing that that student successful with it kind of inspires them to give it another go um, and just give it a little little more effort than maybe they would if they were just working on their own right yes that makes sense if they're if they know they're going to see their peers in that group and they can see someone else perform the piece that was potentially hard for them or that they ignored or <laughs> It gives them a little more motivation. Are they staying within the same set of songs each week? Like, how do you move them through a curriculum? Right. With my, especially with my younger students, we do. We work on, we work together on the same pieces each week. And I'll give some optional challenge pieces for those that want more that they can do um but we'll work on for sure a a a core set of skills and a core set of pieces together that is such a great idea to have a kind of a bonus set of more challenging pieces maybe from a a separate book or a separate method so that your go-getters they still have something to motivate them because i can imagine you have students who learn quickly because they're probably practicing more than others or they're fast learners Oh, that's awesome. How are you doing most of your advertising or is it word of mouth? Um, I, I, (laughs) I would say it is word of mouth locally. Um, a lot of my advertising, um, online, I think comes from my website. I get, uh, I get a considerable amount of just, um, emails from my website contact page. Are you set up in Google with reviews directing to your website? Okay. That's probably where a lot of them are coming from. So because you have reviews, if people are Googling for a piano teacher in your area, you are coming up and reviews are like the absolute best thing for a studio. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. So they come to your website, they contact you. And I, I've had this question come up and well, we have this question come up all the time. So I feel like it's worth talking about how do you choose what to charge for group lessons compared to in-person? Because a lot of people have this argument. I mean, I've even heard, heard it compared to like, well, I'll divide an hour of my time into five because it's there are five students there and that's what I'll charge. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, logically, I can understand why you might think that way, but we aren't charging per hour. We're charging to be a part of your studio and what you're running, right? So how do you kind of figure out that math? Absolutely. Okay, yes. I am very passionate about this subject, actually. Good. Um, <laughs> because I, I love teaching group, and I um, I love sharing that with other teachers, and I, I, I think, you know, everyone should try it. Um, it's so energizing. It's so fun. Um, but it actually... 
honestly it takes a little bit more planning of you know than than one-on-one -on -one lessons one-on-one -on -one lessons i i find are pretty relaxed you know we work work together and and we kind of just take it each lesson at a time and though you do do a bit of planning for sure with your curriculum um i feel like a little more needs to be done for for groups right. so i tell teachers whatever your 30 minute private lesson rate is um then you should charge um a percentage of that now i got to do the math again because so for instance i like if if my um 30 minute uh private lesson fee is 130 dollars my one hour group lesson would be 130 dollars so a month that's what i would do i would do the same for an hour of group as i would for a half hour private perfect um and then if i um if i'm only doing 45 minute group it would be 75 percent of that 130 dollars um, do you have some groups that are shorter i do yes okay I so I have, I actually have some 30 minute groups. Um, you and then do? Actually, that is so short. That's so fast. It is, it's so short. Those are my out school groups. Um, oh. And I do, yeah, I do keep them pretty short on there and time does fly, um, but they're, okay. they are for the really young ones. And so I find that's yep. enough time uh, to give them at least one or new two, two short, new short pieces kind of to yeah. work on. Um, to do some games, to do some listening, to hear what they have worked on. Um, mm -hmm. And the, cla the class keeps moving and um, is active. And so I find for that age, it that online lesson, I like to keep it nice and short. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, so to repeat what you just said, mm -hmm. you're, if you're charging 130 for half hour, you know, usually for half hour lessons a month or for a month of half right. hour lessons, then you charge the same amount for weekly hour long group classes. You charge 75% if it's a 45 minute lesson or half. Is that what you would do for half hour? Okay. Yeah. That makes that's an, that's a really easy that's really easy math to do because it comes up a lot. And I wanted to hear from you because you're doing this actively. Right. Um you've been doing it and it's working. People aren't, I'm assuming people aren't like questioning you on that. Not at all. Not at all. I know there were times that I was charging quite a bit less for group um, a few years ago. And then I, I started, I wanted to bring it up to match my private 30 minute rate. And mm -hmm. I, I was so nervous and I was so worried that people would say, wow, this is a lot for um, group lessons, but nobody has said yes. Anything. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. It's really encouraging for people to hear that. And I mean, to be fair, you really are giving them twice as long mm -hmm. every week. So the value is there if you're, yeah. if you are charging that same amount and there are so many added benefits. I feel like from a student perspective, they are getting the full Michelle right. and the full, the full, uh, lesson every week, because it's kind of like, being propelled when you're with a group and you're following a method versus going at the student's pace where they may or may not have progressed each week. And Absolutely. the student, the teacher has to kind of meet the student where they are versus the student meeting the group. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Often the students in the, in the groups, it's like accelerated learning. They, yes, that it, uh, I find in the one-on-one -on -one, 
it can really slow down. We can have, you know, quite a few non-practice weeks in a row and where we keep working on the same thing. So I, oh gosh, I think yes. that groups do can can move students along quite more quickly. I, I do find that students who, who stay in the groups, they do often move a lot along a lot more quickly um, than the private lessons, but for a few of my very, very dedicated <laughs> private students who sure. yeah, are, are real self-starters. Yes. Who do really great and prefer, prefer that. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, are you at capacity? Are you, what, how are you growing? What are you working on in your business right now? Like what's the next mm -hmm. level or are you content with where you are? Right. Okay. So I would say, um, for the lessons that I teach on a week to week basis, I am at capacity. Um, during 2020, when I first started out school and it, that 20 to 21 um, year, I was teaching around just under a hundred students a week. Um, it, it really, exploded and but it just wasn't sustainable for me i know there are a lot of teachers out there who who teach like a hundred students or some of them even more per week but for me and my family life i found that it wasn't yeah. um it it wasn't conducive uh to my energy level or or my wanting to have a bit of work-life balance so where i am with students um that i'm teaching is i think um at capacity now, okay. one thing that I did do was um, that all my I had such a demand for my beginning classes, um, and, and I just I can't keep up with that. I can't keep adding more beginners um, at, at, until you know m more of my older students graduate out or or decide. Yep. So I created. Um, some online courses or flex classes, classes that were pre-recorded um, that I put together in sort of semester blocks. And so um, I have, I put those on OutSchool and then I'm working to put them on another site that is, is more independent. Um, that's allowed oh. me to, um, well, for instance, this summer, I really, uh, I feel like I've really been going since COVID hit. So um, I mm -hmm. wanted to take the entire summer to be off with my, my family. Um, my son went away to um, military university last year. So I knew he'd only have six months or six months, six weeks home with us in the summer. And I just wanted to focus um, on that and just enjoy my summer. But um, having the online courses um, allowed me to bring in a little bit of income over the summer. Um, yes. You've mentioned this before that you, you launched this on OutSchool and it's mm -hmm. done fairly well. Do yeah. you think because of your OutSchool profile and teaching lessons, is it connected to that? Or was this kind of a separate course area? Like, tell us kind of how the OutSchool, sure. how it's set up. It, it It is connected to that. So on OutSchool, okay. I, I have a profile. So um, I have a profile um, that is part of their website. I can, it, it works as a website link. Um, mm -hmm. uh, much that you would say, say you had WordPress and then slash your 
name. It's outschool slash teacher Michelle. And uh, so, yeah, it was the demand for those classes was so heavy. I, I couldn't keep up with them. So I created what they call flex class versions okay. of those um, beginner classes. And so, and I popped them in there. So then they show up in my profile as a live class or as the flex class, which is the, the wow. online yeah. Okay. And is that the same as your digital course? It's called yes. a flex class. Okay. And that's a, that's basically, is it two semesters worth like the first year of lessons? Um, I have built it up now so that I have five semesters worth. Really? Yeah. 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 That is so cool. And so, so cool. Students continue, continue through those five. Wow. And are you communicating back and forth with them at all? Do they comment below the video or how does that work? Yes, that's exactly what they do. And and it is, they can comment, they can link a video, um, they can voice record. So in OutSchool, it's a little bit like Tanara, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's got those options um, and, and, and they can, it's kind of their, if they registered for the course that started that day and other students did as well, it's almost like a little classroom, right? So like a little chat room. So they can oh, leave cool. videos and I can I can even pop in and leave some video feedback or just type in some feedback or record a little message. So so wow. yeah, it can it makes it a little interactive that way. Um, but not a lot of effort on my part. Like just Okay. So Michelle, the next level for you is you need to start put these in podia and or teachable podia would be like amazing have you looked into that i i looked into teachable um but i haven't looked into podia so maybe i'll so i you know i'm torn between the two teachable is also really really great i like podia's interface better and they have community kind of built in and i i really like their course interface i know several teachers who've launched music courses on podia and i've checked them all out and so my but I've hosted courses on Teachable. Teachable is a little more basic. So it kind of depends on the look you want, but I could totally see you bringing this into Podia. And then when you have, you're building a wait list of your beginner students, this is where you're sending them until you have openings, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And you can get, then you wouldn't be losing out on that out school. Is it like, what's the percentage that out school takes? That's the thing. Out school does take 30%. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. It takes a good 30%. Chunk. Yeah. Okay. And are you charging? I'm asking all the business questions because I know teachers want these too. Are you charging for your digital, you know, your recorded courses? What percentage of what, what would, what they would charge for a normal semester or is it comparable? Um, now I haven't worked out the math on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I have been giving them like, because I wasn't sure how well they would do when they started. I started out at, um, I think I started out honestly at $70 us for the 10 week. Um, okay. So for like a semester worth. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. And, okay. uh, cause I thought it's all pre-recorded. It's all, it's mm-hmm. all gotten um for me so I, I started at that at that and then i have brought it up i think to now 100 us okay so that is 10 ten dollars per week of assignments mm-hmm. so but okay. that's been something honestly that i've been playing around with and kind of wondering you know yeah it's, it's i'm wondering if you brought that. it into podia you know if your yeah. if your pitch is 
we're not losing out on value, right? Because they're still getting Michelle lessons. They're pre-recorded, but sometimes pre-recorded is even better because it's like your best content. That's the, that's always my argument for teachers is like, don't downplay the fact that your best self is recorded and available at any time, like on demand. <laughs> so I, you could figure out some percentage, but I would look at like what that would cost them in person and maybe do like a it's 50%, but that would still be, maybe it's $275 for the semester instead of $600 or something like that. Yes. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. So that's been good. Now, one other thing that I'm, I'm looking at, I haven't, uh, I haven't decided yet. Um, uh, but I, I'm starting to look into, um, just uh, I can't teach as many classes on out school anymore either as I could so I did the flex classes um but I I like keeping it going it you know and Mm -hmm. like we said they do they do take quite a big percentage so it definitely wouldn't be um my meat and potatoes like place to like I wouldn't want to put all my eggs in that basket but yeah um another teacher um who who was on there she told me that like with the classes that I have that have been so popular and as well as the flex classes that I should look into becoming an organization on out school and then hiring teachers to teach the live classes for me interesting so she does that in her school yeah yeah. Wow. So that's the thing. Yeah. So she, she, she thinks that would, might be a really good fit for the types of classes that I have. So especially because you can't keep up with the demand. I feel like that's right. when you grow, you grow your business when you can't meet, um, you can't meet the demand and that yeah. would be really, really neat. I could even imagine you working with students you've trained, right. you know, students that you've, that know your method and everything yeah. that want to earn a little income. That would be really yeah. cool. It, I think it would. It, it's something that I, like, I never thought of, uh, uh, well, I, I th- my husband has always been like, oh, you need to get a studio, you need to hire teachers, but I, I love the flexibility of teaching online. I love teaching yeah. out of my home. I don't have to worry about a lease. I, I, it's a great commute. It's awesome. Um, so I kind of have always thought, no, no, I, I don't ever, I don't want to have a big music studio. It's just not for me. It's so great for so many teachers, and I know, I know quite a few teachers who do it so well but for me that wasn't where I wanted to go but I thought well I could do that virtually maybe on out school and that that I could see that's kind of more along my vision I think oh that is so cool very very cool I'm curious about retention in your studio and keeping students semester after semester year after year what do you what do you think contributes to that students wanting to come back? What are your things that you feel like help you maintain and be successful? For sure. I I think I re, I, my big focus for my students is on community for sure and making music with others. And I think um, that's why I'm, I'm so um, passionate about groups. Um, I think even for myself, like some of my best music memories are when I'm making music with others um you know whether it's playing on worship team or playing um with others for and christmas eve services or just um other events or functions i love making music with other people um it's great to play on my own um but i think when you can can feel like you're 
part of something, um, it, it keeps you coming back for more. And I think, I think that's honestly what it is. It's not, it's a little bit me, I think that students come back for, but I think it's for their friends and just for the feeling that they get from making music with others. Um, and we, we do try to build community through different practice events, through different challenges. And uh, so whether they're in studio or online, um, I'll do, um, sometimes quarterly um, sort of practice challenges or we'll do something like Piano Olympics that'll last um, a, a certain amount of time and, and we have these challenges to go through and online students, they get to come back each week and share what they've done or post it in Tanara wow. or the classroom or, or whatever. So um, just little things that help build community even more and, and make piano a little more fun for them so yeah maybe. it's you're giving them the same reasons they would might want to go back to an in-person school or like I'm thinking my daughter is starting at a charter hybrid this year where she just goes to school one day a week and we homeschool the other four days right. and already she's made friends and knows her teacher and has stories to share about them and you know little things like that where she wants she feels this draw last year she was in a nature school and just that little bit of time building community and friendships. And there's no reason why music teachers cannot bring those elements in. But I think most teachers don't. The only time their students see each other is at those virtual recitals. And unless that's like their cousin or someone they know from school, they don't have any kind of connection. Right. So may what are some things that they could do to start? You mentioned a few, maybe what's one thing if they've never done any kind of community things in their studio? Um, okay, I will tell you, uh, the very first <laughs> community I th thing that I did when uh, COVID hit and we went, everybody went virtual. Um, so whether um, new, new students or old, um, we had a pajama party. Um, I, well, I call it a pajama party masterclass. But it was basically just join on Zoom in your pajamas and um, we played some music games. Um, anyone who did have um, something um, that they wanted to play, they could play. Um, I, we, I think we we watched a piano kids video by yeah. sharing the Yeah, just little things like that um, that get them together outside of a regular lesson. I mean, you can do it in, if you have online groups, you can do it in that group too and just have a special week. But um, mm -hmm. I, like, I like to combine a bunch of groups together so they get a chance to see other students. Um, and then when we do have our, a virtual recital, it's lots of familiar faces. Oh, I remember that yeah. person. And yeah, so, um, but yeah, lots of, lots of fun little things like that I've done um, with, I call them master classes. And, yeah. and I'll just do different, different themes throughout the year that kind of get them all together. Oh, that's great. And I, I think you're adding of Tanara and chat groups people, you know, students and parents are on devices so much that that's something that is familiar to them where they can see their friends or, you know, I think Tanara has the stickers and like little things that they yeah. can share right there in the chat. Is that right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And some <laughs> students love those stickers. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get five notifications from a student and think that they're desperate to like ask me a question or tell me something and it's all stickers. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sticker overload students. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. Well, I, I did want to ask, you've been in our community for a few years. You were one of our original teachers during the pandemic. And I would love to know how has the membership played a role in your business? And I know that's like a really big question. And maybe it's something this year that you've been working through or working on, but how has it helped you either improve or get questions, answers to questions when they've come up? Right. Oh my goodness. Uh, if I could only count the ways. In fact, even just this week, it was like a lifesaver because you posted, I was just about to like desperately ask a question about OBS and then you posted Sebastian's like OBS course. And yes. it, like, and all that I had been trying to do to, um, to fix my, like my stream deck and my OBS problems. Yes was solved in five minutes of watching. Oh my gosh. So for those listening, we just launched a brand new course, OBS how to for virtual lessons. And I invited one of our members, Sebastian Gomez, who is just such a tech guy and a very well-spoken, great at video. So I thought he is the perfect guy to help me with this course. And we just added it to the membership. It's just part of what you get access to. So that is really yeah. good to hear that it was such good timing for you. It was great timing. I mean, I thought that I had OBS on lockdown. I've been using it for a couple of years. And then uh, just one of the updates caused something to not mm. match. And I Googled it and I YouTubed it and I everything to try and fix it. And then the course came out and I'm like, I'm going to try the troubleshooting like area. And then boom, yes. it was done. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it was great, but, um, but yeah, I just, I think of, um, like I, I know before COVID hit, I had seen you getting ready to launch, um, the video course. And then, and then I thought, oh man, I really, I would love to do that. I really would. It's been something I've been thinking about. And before, and at that time I, I had allowed students who were sick or mm -hmm. we get bad, terrible snow days here, I allowed them to FaceTime into lesson if they needed to. So I'd already kind of, you know, had an idea of like, you know, things can work remotely. Um, but then when you offered your course in March, I like, I couldn't wait to do it. I'm like, okay, now I've got to, um, but I want to do better than just FaceTiming my students. And so, um, you know, I might not have thought of using Zoom if I, Mm -hmm. hadn't tried your course. And uh, I think um, COVID hit, I took about a week to go through your course. I did it in a week. <laughs> and I, by that time, I had Google set up for all my students. Yeah. I wasn't doing Tanara yet, but we had Google Drive and Google Drive folders. Um, and it just like, I felt so confident. Um, when the pandemic hit, I thought, wow, am I gonna be able to talk everyone into I know that some will be mm. they'll have no problem um, joining online, but I feel like some will some might say, oh, well, let's just wait and see what happens. Um, but after going through the course, it just, it gave me the confidence to say, hey, this is what we're doing. So, yeah. and, uh, and that's, and then that's when I had the idea, we'll just do a, a pajama Zoom party to, so I can kind of show them what it would be like. Yeah. Um, and, and just all the, the benefits of being able to share screen or, um, you know, interact. And um, so, yeah, it gave me the confidence. And then I, I love our community. Our community is, I, I think it is the most supportive community 
out there. I don't know. We have the best teachers in TMO. They we really I, do. We really do. Like you, <laughs> you can post a question in, in some groups and it can be crickets. But when you post a question in our group, <laughs> you will get so much help. It's just amazing it's just an amazing group um i know as teachers there are so many memberships out there mm. um and uh, i and and sometimes you you have to choose I, I i was right i was in quite a few memberships and then i got my credit card bill and i thought you know i, I probably should i should really <laughs> take a look at my my spending and and um and, but the value, like, uh, uh, this is one membership I, like, I think that the value is just incredible. You, you'll find answers to all your teaching questions in TMO. If you want to build a website, oh. it's there. <laughs> if it's you there. Wanna, like, if you want to create a, an online course, a digital course, it's there. Like, and, and not only that, um, but you'll get so much support along the way. And so, yeah, I, I think I... I, I'm really not a super tech teacher, but I kind of am now. Like I've learned you so are. much and I think of how my online teaching has changed even from the first, you know, those first few months, um, of starting and, and, uh, yes. Yeah. And, and wow, so you really have embraced <laughs> so much over time. I mean, with your tech alone, but also okay. with the apps you incorporate and the screen sharing and, being able to draw on your, I mean, all of the things that you do. I, I think we had a call with you specifically for like your process on how, how to do it with the iPad and you have a rolly cart that you can right. move around like <laughs> right here. <laughs> it, yes. And, uh, and really like teachers listening, like you don't have to do all of this work alone. And that is why everyone I interview says that the community is it's worth it for the community because you don't, you're not isolated anymore. You're not sitting at your piano, like wheels spinning. Like I have to do this. I'm going to do this by myself. Like you don't, and you can save years and a lot of frustrating hours reaching out to and getting help from people who've been there. And these aren't just like your teacher down the street. These are like doctorate of music teachers, yes. teachers who've been to Juilliard and Berkeley. And I mean, all over the world and you have the combination of teaching hybrid and teaching group and teaching courses. I mean, the best of the best are there. And I feel like when teachers have that success, they want to give back. And that's why it's become this like thriving place because you've reached out and had help from people, Michelle. And so you're available and have helped other people when they have questions about group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been the best having you in our group. So thank you for sticking around. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to. I I, I, uh, I love every time. I, I don't always get a chance to pop in and see, you know, everything. But I, I love every time I pop in there and, and uh, make a comment or see other people's comments or check out some of the new courses. I love it. <laughs> If teachers want to spy on you a little bit, yeah. <laughs> tell us your website and how to find you on social media. Sure. Okay. Well, my website is mmmusicstudio.com and uh, I am on Instagram. Um, it's Michelle Miller Music Studio or my personal one is Michelle underscore makes underscore music. Um, you can always friend request me on Facebook. I love, I love friend requests. Um, 
I am in the process of deciding whether to start my studio Facebook for the third time in three years because I've I've now lost it again. Shoot. Um, so, but actually I'm exploring. There is a way I understand to turn your personal into a little bit of business as well. So I might. Okay. I might just well let us know how that goes because so far we recommend the you know your page as the business and your personal but there it 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 can be kind of confusing when you really only use Facebook for business anyway and so so yeah yeah we'll see we'll see but yeah I am definitely on Instagram and I am and and that's my website so awesome well thank you so much Michelle appreciate you coming on thank you Carly it's a pleasure and an honor If you have been nervous about teaching group classes online or in person, I hope that Michelle's ideas and experiences gave you some confidence that will help you make that leap and get started. I wanted to let you know that we have a workshop exclusively inside the TMO membership that will teach you exactly how to get started with online group classes. Michelle and I created this workshop and it's an amazing resource for anyone hoping to add group lessons to your studio offerings, whether that's in person or online. We do go over a lot of the specifics on how to make it successful online. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. I know what little time you have to learn what you need to be successful. This is why I created the Teach Music Online membership, the only membership dedicated to helping online studio owners thrive. Here, you'll find courses, group coaching, and community, all designed to save you time and help your business grow. Whether you're hoping to create more engaging lessons, grow a waitlist, create passive income, or build a new website, we have exactly what you need. And now you can also get online teaching certified with our certification course. Join us today and cancel anytime. To learn more, go to teachmusic.online and I can't wait to see you there.